The Library by Francis Rosenfeld Sixth Scene The crickets were allowed in the night air. Gwen never realized there were so many insects in the desert, and their combined noise was loud enough to pierce through the gasps of the fire and the monotonous rhythm of the conversation, slowed down by the smokes and the tequila. Number four wielded a stick with which he kept poking at the fire, absent-minded, and he looked as if he had retreated into a world of his own, the world behind his eyes, to ponder on the mysteries of existence undisturbed. He smiled a sibylline smile into the distance, which made Gwen think that world of his, behind his eyes, must have been pretty wonderful. Why do you say you were the library? She asked abruptly and regretted disturbing his contemplation the moment the words left her lips. He turned around to face her, the smile still lighting up his face. That is a complicated question. Ask yourself, what is a library? A library is a place where books are kept, in organized fashion, for public use but not for sale, Gwen replied. More generally, he encouraged, it can also include audio-video content, software packages, genetic material, medical slides, Gwen elaborated. Even more generally, a place where information is organized and kept available for public use. What are the characteristics of such a place? He asked, still smiling. It's open to everyone, Gwen started listing them. Yes. It is unbiased regarding how the information is used. What else? It is organized in a way which facilitates the retrieval of pertinent information on a subject from a variety of sources. That is a very important characteristic. A library is curated. What else? I don't know. What does that have to do with you? Let's keep analyzing this for now. What is the most general definition of a library? A curated collection of content. Now you're talking. What is content? Content is the meaning embodied by various forms of expression, expressed through a medium of communication. And what does it pertain to, exactly? Knowledge, creative expression, describing what? I don't know, Gwen pondered. It can be anything. So, everything, then. What word would you use to include everything? Objective reality. So. A library is a curated collection of content pertaining to objective reality. And that relates to you how. Gwen started laughing, a little distracted by the fiery influence of the desert brew. Ask me anything, he threw his arms wide to his sides, upsetting a jar of the aforementioned spirit. What is the meaning of life? Gwen jumped on the offensive immediately, amused by the prospect. You will find that subject in the philosophy section. Number four responded, in all seriousness, pointing to number one. Did any of you know each other from before? From before what? Before here? It would be very difficult for me to answer that question. I would have to clearly understand what it means to know somebody. I suppose you mean if we knew each other socially. We corresponded, of course, and I met number one at a conference once. But yes, I can say we all knew each other, through our various topics of interest. Did any of you come here together? How could we? Gwen didn't understand why that would be an impossibility. 
but the liquor had relaxed her into a state where pushing through the details of a subject was just too hard. We are the library. Number four stood suddenly, raising his hands to the sky. The library. One by one all the members of the group followed his example. We are the library. They declaimed together and started walking around the fire in a strange circle dance. The image was so eerie Gwen did not think to question it. She just watched the performance with her mouth open in disbelief. We are here to educate. The group continued chanting and pointing to the fire. And inform. And answer questions. We search for questions with no answers. And answer them. We are here to educate. The group continued chanting, turning towards her. Educate whom? She couldn't help herself. Why, you, of course. They answered together, and their voices were so perfectly synchronized. They sounded like one person. That's insane. You couldn't possibly know I'd come here. I got here by accident. Gwen protested vigorously. Nobody comes to the library by accident. People always come in search of something. What are you searching for? I'm not searching for anything. That may very well be. We evolved to the point where new information doesn't come as an answer to a specific query, but as an unpredictable byproduct of the endless, contradictory and constantly churning chatter of amorphous channels. That still doesn't explain why I'm here. You followed the breadcrumbs. They started chanting and dancing again, delighted. What in places are you talking about? Gwen eventually snapped. Mostly, commentary that was not related to any subject in particular but whose nuggets of useful information floated to the top, randomly, like overboiled eggs, and found significance with you. How do you like your eggs, my dear? Number four showed up from the dark holding a basket of eggs. She didn't even realize he'd been gone. She could have sworn she saw all the members of the library group dance together around the fire. I'll settle for Nagra, she thought, then answered. Sunny side up. That's a shame. Number four smiled enigmatically. They're already boiled. Why on earth would you ask me, then? She wondered, more bewildered than upset. Just curious. So, how do you know which things are true in that amorphous bulk? We don't. We almost know things, but not for sure. We settled for true enough for now. What Gwen didn't mention out loud was she was indeed in search of something, something she couldn't name, and for which she'd embarked on a 12-hour bus trip and ended up stranded in the desert. Stop taking yourself so seriously. Number seven interrupted her inner monologue by flopping his arms like a giant bird trying to take flight. People can barely be bothered to notice your performance while you're playing yourself, and you're only a few short decades removed from a six-foot plot. Do only what matters to you. Some people have a creepy sense of humor, she made a mental comment. And some people have a penchant for commenting on things they don't understand. He retorted in an intentionally stentorian voice, for emphasis. I have spoken wisdom for your benefit. You are welcome. She'd taken the trip because she could feel something was missing from the tide of new knowledge that crashed at her feet every day. 
something that left traces on the world but never revealed its presence, something like the wind or the electrical charges in the clouds. If she learned anything in college, it was that in this our time when information is at one's fingertips it's not the questions one can formulate that lack answers, but the diffuse, not fully formed intuitions of that something being there, just outside the grasp of reason, tantalizing in its stubborn persistence. The quest for knowledge then had to abandon the objective questions, which could be answered with a few keystrokes in order to chase the proverbial dragon in half-baked concepts and pattern fragments, trying to put them together in a coherent puzzle that couldn't possibly exist. The purists are appalled by this insane Brownian motion of thought processes and doomsay the collapse of civilization, when in fact this is our first wobbly step into a broader understanding, previously unavailable. The Earth-centric model of the universe was clearer and more beautiful too, and just as flawed as our insistence on absolute truths. What if there weren't any? What if everything beyond the body of knowledge assembled to this point exists in a fuzzy state of possibility? What if there are answers that are not always true or false? And furthermore, what if those questions for which we believe we have the answers only represent our misunderstanding of the true nature of being? So, number four commented, you almost like your eggs sunny side up. I'm not even sure what that means, Gwen mumbled. Eggs, cooking. Are those vulture eggs again? Gwen remembered her assertiveness. Some, maybe, number four stared blankly at the basket, trying to assess its contents. It was too dark to make out the colors and patterns, but by size alone. One could guess two different species of birds had laid those eggs. Number seven started singing a soft and melancholy tune Gwen couldn't recognize. It sounded ancient. It was composed in a minor scale, and the simple melody rendered in a solitary voice filled the night with longing. The others stopped their conversation to listen to the music, whose simple melody floated over their heads in the desert night, like the call of a muezzin. As if prompted, a giant moon popped over the horizon. It found a good seat, perched on top of a giant cactus, and settled there to admire the view. The crickets had quieted down. Midnight was approaching, the hour of shadow and mystery that makes the blood grow cold. Inside the darkness, part of that elusive something was lurking, swaddled in the sounds of the ancient song like in a blanket. She could feel its presence, beyond the world of matter but just as real. Maybe that's why they send the postulants to the desert, she thought. To feel a truth so subtle our daily clatter simply overwhelms it. Not all the things worth knowing can be expressed in words. Here, number three handed her a blanket. Take this, it's getting chilly. The breath of the desert grew louder, making Gwen shudder in its gold dare. She looked up and her spirit soared and for a moment she was out there, among the stars, just as bright, still and immortal as they were, and cold, so cold, 